Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. Good morning on this wonderful Friday, the day after the official feast of Corpus Christi, which I know, and it could be throughout the United States, has been moved till Sunday, and as most holy days have, um, I always think it to be a tragedy because um, uh, the world has no clue what Corpus Christi is. Very few have possessions. And it's switched to Sunday, so Catholics are not obligated to go to church on Thursday. Um, and the world does not get to witness what God has given them to witness. I, I just think it's our being robbed of our faith to give in to the world. In any case, uh, we here at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, did celebrate Corpus Christi yesterday. And it was a glorious, glorious day and i know you will on sunday will even latin churches have changed it to sunday i i i just grieve i i know it could be consideration for families where the father has to work thursday but i grew up in a jewish culture where it didn't matter you did not work on a holy day you did not and the schools, there's so many Jewish people in Brooklyn where I grew up that the schools were closed. And everyone loved us because when it was a holy day for us, every, the schools were closed and they had off as well. So they really loved us for it. But um, uh, And they began to understand what those days were. So I, I just grieve every time there's a holy day and no one has a clue. No one has a clue. They, you may have a clue, but the faith is hardly taught, um, and it's it's. Um, we leave church. Uh, I sit there and grieve because very few people have any idea what the life of Christ and the, these holy days are. So, outside of a mention of them, um, so what I'd like to do, dearest, is um, read you just an excerpt from a book called The Hidden Manna, and it's by uh, Monsignor um, James T. T. for Thomas Aquinas O'Connor, uh, who was the beautiful holy priest who led me into the Catholic Church in 1995. He has since gone on to his reward. But he wrote the book on The Hidden Manna, and I read it trying to figure out the Eucharist. Um, and it is basically a chronological... Uh, development of the understanding of the Holy Eucharist from the Last Supper on, <clears throat> or maybe from John chapter 6 on. And he uh, includes um, a bull, B-U-L-L, um, a paper uh, written by Pope Urban IV in 1264, um, who was the one who officially instituted the Feast of Corpus Christi. Uh, prior to that, um, the 
feast of the body and blood of Christ was celebrated in the Triduum on Holy Thursday, but enough attention attention wasn't given to it, he thought, so he alone established, uh, well, not he alone, through St. Juliana, uh, our Lord spoke to her and wanted a feast of the um, of the uh, body and blood, uh, Corpus Christi, the body of Christ, celebrated separately, and she went to her priest at the time, who later became Pope Urban the Fourth, and not only approved of it, but established the feast. Feast. Um, Father O'Connor introduces it. What he wrote, what P- Pope Urban the Fourth wrote, is called the Transitoris. Transitoris, uh, transitioning from one to another, and. Um, Monsignor um, O'Connor gave this introduction to it. He said, Urban IV is responsible for decreeing the celebration of the Feast of Corpus Christi um, throughout the entire church and for commissioning St. Thomas Aquinas to write the liturgical office for the same feast. The extension of the feast, which had originated in Belgium, in the Diocese of Liege, in the 1240s was accomplished by the publication of Urban's bull, Transitoris, arguably, Monsignor O'Connor says, arguably the most beautiful document on the Eucharist ever penned, ever composed by a successor of Peter. That's, it's quite long, and I'm going to read you only an excerpt from it, my favorite portion from it. And what helped me into the Catholic Church, it's so beautiful. Quote, Oh, the immensity of divine love, the excess of divine piety, the abundance of divine generosity. For the Lord has given us all the things that lie beneath our feet and has given us dominion over all creatures on the earth. He has ennobled and raised the dignity of man above the ministries of the angelic spirits, for they are administrators destined to minister unto those who have inherited salvation. And since his munificence toward us was so great, still willing to demonstrate with particular liberality his exuberant love for us, he revealed himself to us. Now, from this part to the end, um, the next sentence, two sentences, took my breath away. Then, transcending even the fullness of generosity, he gave himself as our food. Oh, singular and admirable liberality, when the giver comes as the gift and is himself completely given with the gift. What great even prodigal generosity when anyone gives himself. I tell you what, it was the word prodigal that stopped my breath. What do we think of when we hear prodigal? We think of the prodigal son. What was his problem? He took his inheritance and he was a spendthrift. He wasted it on immoral things. He just poured it all out on debauchery. Totally wasted it. Spendthrift. Prodigal. And that's what God's love is on us, beloved. It's prodigal. He's a spendthrift. He just poured it all out. He wasted it. He wasted it on us. He just showers it on us, ungrateful beings. A spendthrift. No caution. 
He just pours his love out on us. I just love that. And the bowl continues. Therefore, he gave himself as nourishment so that since man had fallen through death, he might be lifted up to life through food. Man fell by means of the food of the death-giving tree. Man is raised up by means of the food of the life-giving tree. On the former hung the food of death, on the latter the nourishment of life. Eating of the former earned a wound. The taste of this latter restored health. Eating wounded us, and eating healed us. See how the cure has come forth, whence the wound arose, and life has come forth, whence death entered in. Indeed, about that eating it was said, on whatever day you eat it, you shall die. About this eating, he has spoken, if anyone eats this bread, he shall live forever. It's exquisite for me. It's exquisite. And it again, I read it prior to my coming into the church, and I'd never come across such beauty before in my entire life, in my 18 years as an evangelical Protestant, or in my Jewish background, which we followed, and I, we loved it, but the depth of this beauty I had never experienced before. And apart from that, I'd like to read something else to you. It's the sequence of Corpus Christi. Now, if you are in the Novus Ordo, um, you have a sequence in your missal. I looked ahead to Sunday. And it is modernized. It's fine, but it's modernized. If you're in the Latin church, if you have the 1962 missal, it's more beautiful. But I have the Father Lassance missal, um, the new Roman missal by Father Lassance. And it is... In here, it's exquisite, and I read it to our community last night. Let me just uh, get a hold. Hold on. It's small, so I'm going to use a magnifying glass. I know you'll forgive me for that. As I age, my eyes are not getting younger. So the outer man decayeth, saith the scriptures, but the inner man is being renewed every single day by the Spirit. And I feel it both. I feel the outer man decaying, and I feel the inner man being renewed day by day by the Spirit. I never felt so young inside. I never felt so free. Um, I've never been so in love with faith. Uh, I just am asking God to let me live 500 years so my body can keep up. Okay, all right, good timing for that break. We will read the sequence uh, to Corpus Christi as soon as we return. And beloved, you may call in anytime during the program, um, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. When we come back from the break... If there's a call waiting, I will take it. If not, I will read the uh, Transitoris, not the Transitoris, uh, sorry, the sequence sequence for Corpus Christi, and I will read it through before I take further calls. God bless you, and we'll be right back.
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. There's no better way to start your day than with spiritual formation from inspiring priests. If we don't live our lives the way they're supposed to be lived, if we don't use what God has given us the way it's supposed to be used, no wonder it doesn't function. And that we're frustrated and that we're suffering and that there's chaos. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, I promised as soon as we got back, if there were no calls waiting, and there are not, that I would read you the most exquisite sequence to the um, Feast of Corpus Christi, which some celebrated yesterday, as we did, but um, most will celebrate this Sunday. I have my magnifying glass ready. Okay. It says this. It's old language, so I'm going to read it slowly, and hopefully you'll be able to put it together. O Zion, thy Redeemer praising, songs of joy to him upraising, laud the pastor and the guide, thy guide, swell thy notes most high and daring, for his praise is past declaring, and thy loftiest powers beside. Tis a theme with praise that gloweth, for the bread that life bestoweth gives this day before us out, which his holy supper taking to the brethren twelve his breaking, none hath ever called in doubt. Full then be our praise in sounding, modest and with joy abounding, he our minds triumphant state, for the festal's prosecution when the first blessed institution of this feast we celebrate. <clears throat> 
in this new king's new libation, in this new law's new oblation, ends the ancient paschal rite. Ancient forms, new substance chaseth. Typic shadows, truth displaces, day dispels the glorious of night. I'm sorry, day dispels the gloom of night. What he did at supper seated, Christ enjoined to be repeated when his love we celebrate. Thus obeying his dictation, blood and wine of our salvation, blood and wine of our salvation, we the victim consecrate. Tis for Christian faith asserted, bread is unto flesh converted, into blood the holy wine, sight and intellect transcending, nature's laws to marvel bending, tis confirmed by faith divine. Under either kind remaining, form, not substance, still remaining. Wondrous things our spirit sees, flesh and blood thy palate staining, yet still Christ entire remaining under either species. All un all untorn for eating given, undivided and unriven, whole he's taken and unrent. Be there one in crowds surrounding, he is equally abounding, nor though eaten ever spent. Both to good and bad tis broken, but on each a different token or of life or death attends. Life to good, to bad damnation, lo, of one the same manducation, how dissimilar the ends. I'm going to translate that one. If we take the Holy Eucharist, the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in a state of grace, we're on our way to heaven. If we take it in a state of sin, we are condemned. We condemn ourselves. When the priest, the victim, breaketh, see thy faith in no wise shaketh. Know that every fragment taketh all that neath the whole there lies. This to him no fracture maketh. Tis the figure only breaketh. Form or state no change there taketh. Place in what it signifies. I'll comment here as well. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> that he is whole and entire in the tiniest fragment, even if it's the size of a grain of salt. It is God, all of God, not a piece of God, all of God. <clears throat> and I don't know that I've ever been to a Novus Ordo parish where there aren't fragments on the floor or poorly handled on the paten. What is the fruit of that? Is it bad teaching? I just think it's a lack of faith, a lack of love, apathy on the part of priests and bishops. It's awful. <clears throat> and apathy on the part of God's people. The transitorist continues. <clears throat> Bread that angels eat in heaven now becomes the pilgrim's leaven. 
bread in truth to children given, that must ne'er to dogs be thrown. He in ancient types disguised was the Isaac sacrificed, for the feast a lamb devised, manna to the fathers shown. Bread whose shepherd care doth tend us, Jesu Christ, thy mercy send us, do thou feed us, thou defend us, lead us where true joys attend us. In the land where life is given, thou all can and might possessing, mercy's eye to us largessing, make us share thy cup of blessing, heritage and love's caressing with the denizens of heaven. Amen. Alleluia. I, I wouldn't doubt that much of that went by many people without being understood because the language is, is difficult. But I would want to urge you to look up Father Lassance, the sequence for Corpus Christi, at least in your 1960, 1962 Missal. And even if you only read it in the Novus Ordo Missal, it, it, it keeps getting simplified, the meaning keeps getting less meaningful, but it's still meaningful. Beloved, don't miss this Corpus Christi without reading it in some form. We have a call from Cheyenne in Pennsylvania. Hi, Cheyenne. Hi. Hi, Mother Miriam. Hi, dear. Nice How are you doing? You. Good. Hello. Hello. I'm nervous and excited to talk to you about... Oh, well, I'm um, nervous and excited to talk to you, too. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, I am discerning religious life. I'm 28. Um, uh-huh. Like you, I became Catholic also. Beautiful. I very, very... Oh, yeah. I, was, I felt a very, very strong pull to the faith. Good. Um, and the th- things recently that have made me wonder is just the joy and the peace that I have in the Mass. Good. I can't get enough of church. I, 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 I go on a Saturday, and I want to go back on a Sunday or go to a different parish in another town to hear the homily said a whole different way. I get off of work at 10 p.m., and I can't wait to go to the church to pray. I love going at really any time of the night. It's just it's the first thing on my mind is I want to go to the church. Good, honey. Um, my face just lights up when I hear the Gloria. When we sing the Alleluia, I just have so much joy in it. How long have you been um, Catholic now, Cheyenne? I have been Catholic for five years now. Excellent. Um, it was 2017 at the um, Easter Vigil. Excellent. Just excellent. Welcome, 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 sweetheart. Oh, thank you. And um, so when I go to pray, it kind of looks like this. I love praying the Litany of the Hours, the um, Liturgy of the Hours. Mm-hmm. I love praying the Psalms. I love singing hymns when there's nobody in there. I love playing <laughs> hymns on the piano when I'm alone. Um, I love playing the rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And for a while, I have been I've had been meeting for, with a spiritual director, my priest, and I would say things to him like, "I feel like I'm, we, I'm I feel like I'm floating on a raft that's in the middle of the ocean, mm-hmm. and it's carrying me along, but I have no purpose." 
and I was really, really stuck for a while. And um, I and I kept praying, God, I want to know your will for my life. Mm-hmm. I want what you want. I surrender my will to yours. Um, but I love Legion of Mary. I'm involved with the hospital and the nursing home ministry, and it gives me so much peace to work mm-hmm. with the elderly, specifically the elderly. And um, I'm normally a very anxious person, but when I'm there, I have peace. Beautiful. Um, I love me while I'm meeting with them, with Rachel and Mary, to pray the rosary. One thing that was told to me about discerning is pay attention to what people say where you feel peace and also what people say your gifts of the Holy Spirit are. People would say things like, you have compassion, you have kindness, you have joy, um, you have gentleness. And um, the first time I really had thought about it, I pushed it. I w- it was mentioned by a Legion of Mary member, and I kind of pushed it aside. And, um, I, and we were at a St. Emma's retreat. It's a Benedictine monastery around here. And he said, Cheyenne, have you ever discerned? And I said, oh, no, I don't, I don't think that's what God wants for me. But there was a small part in my brain that said, I wonder if. And, I've, and even since, there have been multiple people in my parish who have asked and have, uh, who, even a visiting priest asked me if I was discerning. I went to a young adult group about an hour away from me. They never met me before. And he asked, he said, are you discerning, Cheyenne? And he said, well, you just seem like you would be someone who would. And I feel like it's being confirmed through people, through people around me. I think and that's also very good, Cheyenne. I wouldn't not check it out if I were you. I have this fear, though. That's my problem. I have... I I definitely the more real it becomes, I have this fear and this hesitation. And when I have fear, I kind of I'm somebody who kind of pulls back, and it makes me wonder. I wonder if this is how the the uh, disciples felt when they were when they were called. Do you can you identify the fear? Definitely, I think the anxiety disorder I think um, is on my mind. Um, it makes it kind of difficult to be in social situations and are you, you're on medication aren't you um no i'm not at the moment no well um that might be a good thing to do i know many people with anxiety disorders and um they're on a medication it doesn't make them sleeping it doesn't they hardly even know they're on it but life becomes normal and they no longer live in states of anxiety. I think it'd be very important. Can you hold on till after the break, dear Cheyenne? Yes, thank you. Uh, hold on, sweetheart. Okay. And anybody else, feel free. Our lines are wide open. We have a full half hour ahead of us, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free 1 877 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back.
This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most modern philosophies are very dark and depressing? As G.K. Chesterton says, most people in our world today have been forced to be happy about the little things, but sad about the big ones. But that's not the way we were meant to be. We were meant to be joyful. Sadness is only an interlude. Praise should be the permanent pulsation of the soul. The Christian is able to deny himself immediate pleasures because there's great joy and fulfillment inside him. The pagan must constantly seek after pleasure because there's great sadness and emptiness inside him. Joy, which is the small publicity of the pagan, is the gigantic secret of the Christian. Let's share the secret. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have a whole half hour before us. And like Cheyenne, who's holding on, you're welcome to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Are you there, Cheyenne? Yes, I am. Hello. Hello, sweetheart. Um... You uh, have identified that you have anxiety issues, and certainly you are among a lot of people who have anxiety. Um, But again, um, I've had some people enter here who have a form of anxiety. It can't be very severe, but they have it, and they're taking medication for it, which is very mild. It doesn't make you sleepy. It doesn't make you a zombie. Nobody even knows they're taking medication. It just makes them feel normal, and it uh, solves the anxiety, because that's normally, a, with anxiety, normally a chemical issue, and the brain need, just needs a little balancing. So, Cheyenne, don't be afraid of that. But if you've not taken medication or seen... Um, a psychologist or psychiatrist about it, it might be a step for you. Um, If you can do that and let them tell you what they think, I would be happy for you to email me. And if you email me and send me your mailing address or your email address, 
I'll send you information so you can consider coming to us on a retreat. What are your charisms? That sounds amazing. Of your, what are the charisms and uh, spirituality of your community? Okay, uh, but if you can take this down, our website is motherofisraelshope.org www.motherofisraelshope.org and if you look toward the left there's a vocation tab and if you click on it scroll down a little bit you will find a, a place for our charism to click on and a little booklet will come up and you could read the whole thing primarily we're a Benedictine traditional Benedictine congregation of sisters uh, we're contemplative active that means that we follow the rule of St. Benedict and we, we pray prayer is the foundation of everything but our heart is twofold to return the full habit to the streets as the glorious sign to God that they are and to help restore God's design for the family because we believe the family is God's number one instrument to build his kingdom. It's his doing, not ours, and therefore it's the enemy's number one target to destroy, as anybody who's aware of anything today sees the family being destroyed. So that's it, to help restore the family and the habit to the world. Reach out to all we meet. That's our charism. I love that. Another fear definitely is... um Taking on something so big and the verse that says too much, that's too, that there's more, I'm paraphrasing, but it's To whom that, much is given, much is required. Yes. Cheyenne, you've been given much and God will never give you anything that you can't handle. Nothing. And if you enter religious life, you're not taking on anything big. You need to become, as St. Therese says, a little child. That's all you need to do and let God form you. It's very beautiful. St. Teresa was, was my absolute favorite saint well, of all time. Well, we, we might want to model everything she said as well. So we don't take on anything big. In fact, we give up everything big. Become a little child and just come here and let yourself be formed. And if you have a loving heart for God and a willingness, you won't have a problem. We don't require any specific education degree. We do require that someone love God above all and is fully Catholic and agrees with every single thing the Catholic Church teaches officially. Yes. This has been very helpful. Um, even being introverted and shy is something I've considered, which is why I love contemplative active. I think I've definitely ruled out monastic life. Um, I love the balance. I love that there's a balance between prayer and also being active in your community. But I, that's um, right. Mm -hmm. I definitely have a fear of the um, the shyness and um, and being um, a little bit more introverted too. Well, dear one, shyness and introversion is is not a problem at all in religious life. Better that you're shy than you're boastful or, you know, loud. Not an issue at all. If you'd like, coming on a retreat, maybe two weeks, if you can handle that, um, you'll get a good sense of it. And nothing will be expected of you. You're just going to come here to observe. So, whatever you wish, dear one, send me an email if you wish, um, and I'll, I'll respond to you and send you something to fill out. And then if it works, you can plan to come uh, and stay with us a week or two. 
Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. You're welcome, Cheyenne. God bless you, dear one. You can't fully discern unless you visit a community. It doesn't have to be this community, but you need you need to visit. Be brave enough to visit. Nothing will be expected of you. They'll be thrilled to have you among them, and they'll be able to lead you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Cheyenne. God bless you, dear one. We have an email from Geneva, and Geneva writes, Shalom, Mother. Well, Shalom, Geneva. She says, I'm a new convert from evangelical Protestantism. And during my RCIA process, they taught us to take communion in the hand. Shame on them, Geneva. Um, I have heard you say that it is a sacrilege. Yes, it is. Why would they teach us to do that? If that is not the correct way, blessings Geneva. The norm in the church on the Vatican website is not the hand, it's the tongue. That's the norm. People teach you to receive on the hand, one, because a huge amount of reverence has been lost for the Blessed Sacrament, and we take our Lord like he's fast food. Uh, It's awful. And the more recent uh, additional reason is people are afraid from covid to serve our Lord on the tongue. Priests are afraid, and I say shame on them, shame on bishops. And it's been proven that um, to give communion on the tongue is much safer than in the hand. Your hands are, are not clean, even if you use that cleaner before, and you pick them up uh, with the other hand, put them in your mouth, there's always going to be crumbs. They land on the floor whether you see them or not. We walk on Christ. It's a terrible sacrilege. So why would they teach that? I think because the faith in large part has been lost. The church allows it, but it is a sacrilege. We have an email from Clayton who says, Hello, Mother. If someone is a believer in Christ and that person commits suicide, do they go to heaven or hell? All my love, Clayton. Clayton, I cannot answer that. Murder, God said, thou shalt not murder, whether you murder someone else or yourself. Thou shalt not murder. Um, And that's mortal sin. And one who murders, apart from a true repentance, um, can expect that he or she will see hell. In the case of suicide, it's only God who knows the condition of that person. Only God knows the heart. A mortal sin... Um, is mortal if it is indeed grave matter and suicide is if one knows it's great grave matter and um, and thirdly if they do it of their complete free will knowing that they'll be separating themselves from God for all eternity in the case of someone who commits suicide generally I would say they're not in their right mind and I cannot ever know the accountability of a person who commits suicide, but God does, and we take um, refuge in his merciful heart who will not violate his justice, but who who alone knows the condition of people that commit suicide. People have committed suicide that have been horribly abused. People are committing suicide who have undergone um, transgender sexual operations and they commit suicide. Um, they are in a really um, difficult state. Um, all kind of people have been abused, sexually abused, all kinds of things, uh, even by priests. 
and their life is a hell after that. Adults who, who violate children have no clue what they're doing, have no clue that that child will never be free of that violation for the rest of its life. And that person who violates a child is responsible for that child's suicide if they commit it. So um, it really depends on the person, um, Clayton, and it depends upon God's knowledge of their heart and circumstances. We have an email from Anthony who writes, Hi, Mother. I enjoy your show so much. I'm so glad, Anthony. And he writes, You took up the slack that Mother Angelica had for years. She was also a wonderful holy woman, holy woman like yourself. Thanks so much, dear one. He says, I have a kind of silly question, but really want to know. The statue of Our Lady of Good Success, I have a few in the house, has the baby Jesus with long hair. Was that on the original statue, or have they added it? I always wondered about this. Thanks so much. And may the Lord Jesus Christ continue to shed his grace and strength on you. Yours in Christ, Anthony. Anthony, it's not a silly question. Um, One of my sisters, Sister Gertrude Marie, and I were in Quito, Ecuador a few years ago. And we also, we were on the Feast of the Presentation, which is the main feast of our community, and also the Feast of Our Lady of Good Success. She's Our Lady of Good Success of the Purification. And we learned that, and we were able to go to Quito, and we we spent a week on our knees before her, before that absolute miraculous statue that they take out two times a year on the Feast of the Purification, and I think in May for Our Lady's Month. Um, <clears throat> the baby that she's holding, our Lord Jesus, that she's holding in that utterly miraculous statue. If anyone doesn't know the story of the statue of Our Lady of Good Success, look at it online. It's one of the greatest miracles ever. And in that statue, she's holding our Lord Jesus, and he's got a full head of long hair. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) I don't know if it was original or not. We bought an eight-inch statue of her. Um, Or, I don't know if it's I think it's over a foot, actually, the statue we have. And she's holding. And we had it touched to the miraculous statue of Our Lady and also to the feet of the uncorrupt uh, Mother Mariana. It's a very special statue that we have. And she's holding the baby Jesus. And the statue I looked and bought, had a, he had a head of hair. But when we came home, uh, the statue they packed up for us did not have a head of hair. It was just porcelain hair on his head. And so that's what we have, and I do not know. I do not know if he had a full head of hair in the original or not. I would think so, because the statue is miraculous, so I would think what's on the baby in her arm um, is uh, also original, but I don't know. I I just don't know that. Excuse me. We have a call from Katie. I have to keep clearing my throat. I'm sorry. Katie from North Carolina. Hi, Katie. Uh, Good morning, Mother. How are you today? I'm doing good, except my little throat, but I'm doing fine. I have a question that, well, actually, I I don't know if I should bring this up 
to the parish priest because uh, I don't want to create any waves. But I know I've been noticing since the weather's been turning a little bit warmer, some of the sloppy people are wearing cargo shorts. Uh, they're wearing jerseys, even with letters on them, like football jerseys. And uh, I, I. Sit in a specific spot where I can see the choir. There's a, a real beautiful young lady. Her hair is all the way down to her back. However, this past Sunday, you would not believe it. That woman, that girl, she had a, a pair of, they look like shorts. They couldn't have been more longer than eight inches. And I don't know if What's your view on that? Should I should I call the priest and ask him if they would put something in a bulletin about modesty? Or at least have an extra skirt for her to put on when she comes to church. Katie, hold on, sweetheart. We'll be right back after the break. At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts. From planned gifts to employer matches, we even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the QCIP number of those shares. That's 1-877-888-6279. Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. This is Rick Paolini and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning at 11 for a Divine Mercy in My Soul. The humble soul is like a sponge, and the soul that is not humble, that's full of pride, is like a rock. The Bible tells us that God opposes the proud and gives graces to those who are humble. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu ufam tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. Again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Uh, Toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. It looks like Katie, uh, we were talking about from North Carolina, Katie draw, uh, called in about immodest dress in her church and uh, ended with particularly one 
a beautiful choir lady who came in short shorts. Um, and Katie, I, I did say, uh, if you could hold on till after the break, I don't know if you heard me, but if you're still listening, uh, absolutely go to your pastor. I'm going to guess you are in a Novus Ordo church because the Latin church would never allow that. A Latin mass would never allow that. Um, in fact, not only she should not be allowed in the choir, she shouldn't be allowed in church. No one in a modest dress, immodest dress, um, low-cut tops, even sleeveless, high shirt, uh, skirts, men in, what did you call them? I forget what you call those kind of shorts with their legs showing, thongs. No one should be allowed into church dressed so immodestly. If you go to the Vatican... They have a sign, no shirt dresses, no nothing sleeveless, no T-shirts, none of it, no shorts, none of it. Um, and so uh, as soon as you walk into the church, our Lord is there. Um, it, no one immodest should be allowed into church. Um, and people need to be taught. And so, Katie... Um, I would go to your pastor in this case and say, I, I, it's a delicate subject. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know this young lady. I don't know if I should approach her directly, but it is such a sacrilege and such an offense. Um, even the amount of immodest dress in the church, Father, would you um, be able to teach on it and even approach or let the choir director approach this one young lady not to be in the choir with shorts on. That's what I would do, Katie. You're right. It's a sacrilege. And if it's not addressed, I just say find a Latin parish. We have an email from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Good morning, Mother. Uh, For many years, our parish has been saying the rosary each Friday morning after Mass for peace in the world, all the sick and suffering, and for an end to abortion. My husband and I lead it. My sister used to also, but has now quit and does not even stay. She now prefers to say the rosary by herself at home. That's fine. Our Lady loves when we pray together in the church the rosary, but there's nothing wrong with praying the rosary at home by yourself. Um, um, She says, the, the writer says, it bothers me when I see people who do not stay to pray Um, They are retired, but then stand outside and visit. I understand what you're saying. Uh, Let me finish your email here. Please share your words of wisdom, because I'm beginning to think that maybe I should not be leading the rosary since this bothers me so. Thank you. Well, I think to stop leading the rosary, dear one, would be the wrong direction for you to take. I would ask God to give you a heart that does not judge people. Um... Uh, she's not sinning by quitting the rosary and talking to people outside and choosing to stay to speak the rosary at home. There's no sin in that. Whether it's a less holy option, uh, we can't even fully judge that. Only God can. She's still Catholic. She still prays the rosary. She does not have to stay in your group. So she's not the problem, uh, dearest one. You are. Um, it's very hard. I understand your being upset with this, especially that she's your sister. But, um, um, you know, um, what is it Matthew 7 that says, take 
take the log out of your own eye be, so that you could see the speck in someone else's. I can't judge you, my dear one. I don't know you. If you and your husband are leading the rosary, it is for Our Lady, and your heart and mind should be swept up into God and not paying attention to your sister whatsoever. Um, you can always ask her, say, I notice you left, not, not a problem, if you pray at home, not a problem, but if you have any suggestions of how my husband and I might do better in leading, I'd be, I'd be open to them. Let it go. Don't judge her. It's not a virtue. Um, we can judge people's acts if they're sinful, but what she's doing is not sinful. So I would say, don't stop leading the rosary, but ask God to purify your heart and to show you um, that you, in fact, if it weren't your sister, I don't know if you'd be this upset. You have a bit of controlling nature, particularly over her, and I would ask God to, to to solve that in you and to purify your heart and to give you a generous heart. Okay. I probably said some hard things to you, but it's the way I see it and you're suffering because of it. We have an email from Mary, or Marie rather, who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, what can I say to our young adult son who is convinced that the Catholic Church is cruel for holding homosexuals to be in mortal sin and preventing them from enjoying marriage if they are sexually active. I tell him that the church is loving, but he says that the homosexual cannot change. Thanks, Marie. Marie, the church is loving. (coughs) And when we try to prevent people in that Um, grave, grave sin from going to hell, that is loving. If the church permitted so-called homosexual marriage, there's no such thing as homosexual marriage. God is the one who instituted marriage between a man and a woman, and there's no other option. Um, So you tell your brother, if he believes, if he's been to therapy, I don't know that he has, he thinks the homosexual cannot change. That's, he's absolutely wrong, by the way. Thousands have changed by being a part of the, um, uh, the Catholic Apostolate in Courage and by getting uh, psychological help. Many can change. Um, many have changed. But I would, I would uh, say to him that if the church allowed homosexual marriage or behavior, they would be condoning they would be helping you to be in hell we're not cruel when we save someone's soul um we're being loving if you rescue someone from a burning building you're not being cruel if you pull them a little too hard you save their life and that's what it is with homosexuality there is no homosexual say the scriptures who will enter heaven the Old Testament says um, in the book of Kings uh, that he expelled the male shrine prostitutes from the land and got rid of all the idols. Um, Leviticus, do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. It's detestation. Romans, 
In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another, men committing shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty of their error, which is hell, beloved. And you say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, I just read Romans. It's new. It's the New Testament. I'm hurrying because we have not too much time left. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, um, starting in verse 9. Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral or idolaters or adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Anyone who practices homosexuality, whether they have a so-called marriage or civil union or not, is on their way to hell unless they prevent, uh, repent. Don't have self-pity that you're a homosexual and cannot change. Um, uh, there are... Um, there are many who I'm, I'm oh, it's, it's too much to tell you at the end of the program. Um, we need to honor God in any state that we are. We'll speak with you on Monday.